Welcome to the Touchdown Rundown. We talk about the NFL and we are doing that on a Sunday evening after all of the week seven action on Sunday. The only game left in the slate is Saints at Seahawks. Other than that, we have every single game. Uh, It's in the books and we're going to react to it here, give our instant thoughts and what it means for the rest of the season. Each of these games, we had some crazy ones, some good ones, some blowouts, some close ones, a lot of interesting results. Tony, uh, for uh, what was your instant reaction to Packers Washington? I know that was a game you followed pretty. Uh, all right, let's see. Before we get started, I did just want to say a quick thank you to Colin. I got my little uh, welcome package today. I'm actually using the headset that they sent, uh, so I hope that that is working well for everybody. Uh, instant reactions in the game. It was a little bit closer than I honestly thought it would be. Washington's been one of those teams that has just been embarrassingly bad, super terrible throughout the first couple games of the season. And it actually looked like they kind of decided to show up today. Uh, Their defense did a pretty good job of uh, putting down some pressure on Rodgers, quite a few sacks in crucial situations. Rodgers obviously able to overcome it, as he seems to always do these days. 27 of 35 for 274 and three touchdowns. Uh, Rushing game wasn't really going, but the passing game was. Washington uh, on offense looked fairly mediocre, only scored 10 points on a Packers squad that's super injured. Uh, So overall, Packers won, kind of expected, but I expected it to be a little bit of a wider margin, I guess. Yeah, and on that note, Taylor Heineke could have had a rushing touchdown, but decided to go down a little bit too early, ended up kneeling essentially on the goal line, but it just wasn't enough for him to have broken the plane, which is the standard for rushing touchdown. So that game could have legitimately been a really close game. I was excited to see Washington's defense seemingly take a step forward. But like Tony said, Rodgers rolled right through it. He seems to be back in MVP form. So my take my takeaway would be Thursday night football ought to be a great showdown between two MVP caliber quarterbacks. Uh, let's move to the next one. She's Titans. My instant reaction was that, wow, uh, even against what I had predicted to be a bad defense in the Tennessee Titans, Patrick Mahomes, seems neutralized teams really are content to just do the bill belichick system of of rush three drop eight and it is yielding really good results he's just not finding he's just not finding he's not looking like patrick mahomes and you know the tennessee titans are able to roll it the chiefs defense is so bad that it doesn't really matter who they're playing they're going to give up about 30 points per game with the exception of washington because (laughs) because they don't have an offense what was your answer uh, something that I immediately saw on Twitter, particularly Packers Twitter, of course, is Patrick Mahomes has essentially entered the Rodgers period of his career where his defense is just so terrible. And if he's not playing like an MVP every week, his team's not going to win. And not only are they going to win, they're going to get blown out. And we saw that perfectly today. Patrick Mahomes was obviously a leading passer, 206 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. He was actually the leading rusher as well, six rushes for 35 yards. So they have no rushing game going. Titans defense doesn't have to focus on that, so they can drop a whole bunch of guys, make sure Mahomes is completely neutralized throwing, uh, and it seemed to have definitely worked. Mahomes obviously suffered that that scare there towards the end of the game. Turns out he was fine. He passed concussion protocol, so I expect to see him back next week. Ryan Tannehill didn't look half bad. He did have a pick, but he was 21 of 27 for 270 and a touchdown as well. Uh, Derrick Henry also doing better passing than uh, Patrick Mahomes did. One of one for five yards and a touchdown. That was pretty awesome. And then, of course, Derrick Henry was their leading rusher. Kind of had a low day for him, only 86 yards on 29 attempts. He was only averaging three yards per rush, which is kind of sad thinking about, you know, this is Derrick Henry and, you know, the Chiefs defense is that bad. But overall, this is kind of what we predicted. Titans blow him out because the defense just. 
Yeah, Derrick Henry may have had a slow rushing day, but he is one touchdown pass ahead of Mahomes in that game, which is kind of hilarious. I absolutely would have loved to have seen uh, Dan Levitard. He tweeted out, would have loved to have seen odds for Derrick Henry having one more passing touchdown than than Patrick Mahomes. Tony, the Titans lost to the Jets and they lost, you know, in a weird one to the Arizona Cardinals, but they seem to have rebounded their five and two. This team was a team that you predicted to be a Super Bowl caliber team on the AFC uh, side. Do you you still stand by that? Like, is this kind of what you saw coming? Uh, Honestly, I didn't think that they would start off this slow. Obviously, losing to the Jets, my take looked really, really bad that this was, you know, Titans are going to the Super Bowl, and I think it was that very week that the Titans then lost to the Jets. It was like the worst possible time imaginable. But I think that was just a lot of growing pains. Like, you picked up Julio. Uh, If you're picking up Julio, that means the team is going to try the scheme more to throw the ball. And I think there's just a lot of growing pains going from a team that was literally a joke that Derrick Henry was the offense to trying to actually get Tannehill going and getting some throwing in. And they seem to be kind of catching on a little bit. Tannehill got a little bit warm today against, you know, granted, terrible Chiefs uh, defense. Derrick Henry, he's obviously been Derrick Henry, and he will continue to heat up as the season goes. He usually starts off slow, so that wasn't really a surprise. But I do think that this Titans team, if they can continue to be like this, I don't know if they go to the Super Bowl like this. They're going to have to get a bit better to do that. But they are trending in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right, let's move to Falcons Dolphins. This one was a really good one. The Dolphins won 30 to 28 on a last second field goal kick. The Falcons, uh, I predicted them to come into this one and win, but I I was wrong. I genuinely thought the Falcons would have a bit of a better time beating the Dolphins. Tagovailoa, he passed 30 he passed uh, 40 times, had 32 completions, 291 yards, four touchdowns, did have two interceptions, but only one sack. I I would you could make the case that that is his best game in both this season and his young career. Uh, Tony, what was your instant takeaway from the game? Uh, I agree. I think Tua did throw those two interceptions, but he was 32 of 40, like you said. So take away those two interceptions, and he was really accurate all day, obviously posting four touchdowns. Uh, the Dolphins were able to get a little bit of running going. Miles Gaskin, their leading rusher. Uh, nothing crazy, though. Falcons on the other side. Matt Ryan had a pretty Matt Ryan day, three, oh, like a whole bunch of yards. A decent amount of touchdowns and one pick is pretty standard for Matt Ryan. Cordero Patterson, he got a touchdown, 60 rushing yards, and he had some a uh, couple catches as well, or two catches for one yard, so I guess he didn't really do much there. But it was a pretty standard game that we kind of expected. Dolphins, my, uh, Dolphins and the Falcons, a very close game. I also thought that the Falcons would win by a, like, a little bit more, maybe by a touchdown, but uh, in the end, it was kind of the result we expected. My takeaway on the the Falcons side is that they're no longer the worst team in the NFC South. Uh, I do think that they have made a significant turnaround on that front. All right, let's move to another one. It was not nearly quite as close. It was the New England Patriots beating the New York Jets 54-13. to Tony, these teams had already matched up earlier on in the season, and this was not exactly an unexpected result. This kind of aligned with the matchup we saw earlier on in the season. To me, this one really just proved that the Patriots, yes, you know, they're not as bad as their record would indicate. I think they, they're they not a 500 team. They've just had a couple of cl- close losses to good teams, and it really just told me that the Jets, yes, they are 1-5, and five, and they probably should be 0-6. Oh you- uh, overall, I think the team obviously performed really well. If you drop 54 on any, on any team, even if it is the Jets, you have to perform well to do that. 
But one thing I will say is I did expect a bit more out of Mac Jones. I thought he'd have a little bit more of a bigger day today. Barely cracked 300 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And he was only 24 of 36. So he did have 12 incompletions on. Uh, so, I mean, pretty much a third of his a third of his throws were incompletions today, uh, which is really odd considering he is, you know, he has been the most accurate rookie by a very wide margin in this rookie class so far. And against his Jets defense, I thought he would for sure have a little bit more of a big day. Rushing game was absolutely on point, and there just wasn't really a whole lot to show from the Jets. Zach Wilson looked pretty bad. He got injured uh, pretty early. He went out when he went out. He was six of ten for fifty-one. Uh, Elijah Moore was their only rushing touchdown. Other than that, they didn't really have a whole lot going. So pretty standard day, I guess. Patriots blow out the Jets. We've been seeing that for twenty years. Tom, you there? Uh, my apologies. I, I'm not familiar with uh, unmuting myself each time. Uh, the Patriots are now a com- uh, the Patriots are now combined 79 to 19 against the Jets. The Patriots have swept that series, as Tony said, as they have done for many, many years for the past two decades now. Uh, that's a really important one in the rate in the race for the AFC East. The Patriots are obviously behind. They're three and four. Do you think this game gets them a, a step in the right direction, Tony? I think it absolutely gets him a step in the right direction, even though this is something that's kind of like everybody was expecting the Patriots to win. Everybody was expecting the Patriots to win by even a, a wide margin, maybe not this wide of a margin, but it's just one of those confidence boosters thing. Even if you absolutely destroy a terrible team, it's still just a really good feeling to get a win. Every single week counts. Any team could beat any other team on any given week. We saw that with just beating the Titans even. So just being able to come out with a dominant win, it's just all that much more confidence. And I expect to see this team continue to trend in the right. Oh, look at that. The next one on the lineup. It's a dominant team playing a bad team, except it's not a New York team. That's the bad team. It's the Panthers. That's the bad team. I'm dead inside. Tony, take it away. Great intro, Tom. Absolutely loved it, and I absolutely hated this game because I bet on the Panthers as well. This was just awful to watch. I don't know what the heck happened. Sam Darnold went from looking really, really good and like a really, really solid trade to just not that good at all. He's 16 of 25, 111 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. He got benched, uh, which, you know, I understand that one. Uh, They put him in Phillip Walker. He went 3 of 14 for 33 yards. So I don't think they benched Sam Darnold with the intention of coming back and winning that game. Uh, I think they benched him with the intent of let's just not get our starter killed out there because this game's clearly lost. Giants, on the other hand, Daniel Jones somehow looked good. Uh, I do know that Daniel Jones made arguably, I have seen this on Twitter, Daniel Jones made perhaps the catch of the year, one reception for 16 yards. It was a very Odell, an OG Odell looking catch, one hander over the shoulder. It was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Uh, But yeah, this game was just not what I expected it to be. I thought the Panthers would win, maybe in a close one, but win. Giants absolutely destroyed them. Yeah, no, I was really disappointed by that, obviously, as you could kind of tell from my deadpan intro. Uh, But that is actually how I feel on the inside right now. Uh, This Panthers loss, it was a stinker, and it came in quick, and it kind of killed my day of football. Uh, my main takeaway is that, yeah, Sam Darnold is definitely not looking great as he did in those first three games, but I do think the offensive line is just really, really bad. But I think that there is something to be said for uh, Daniel Jones. I think he has taken a bit of a leap. He's not nearly the the turnover Daniel Jones of the past 
two years. In fact, I believe he hasn't had a fumble. He's only had one fumble through the first seven games of the season. So I do think that he's trending in the right direction. And speaking of trending in the right direction with the Cincinnati Bengals, they beat the Ravens 41-17 to in just an utter smackdown. You know who's trending in the right direction, Tony? Jamar Chase. He had eight receptions for 201 yards and one touchdown. You know who's not trending in the right direction? My fantasy team, because I made the silly decision to leave Joe Burrow and CJ Uzma off of my fantasy team. I lost about 90 points. That truly is a tough scene. I A lot of people were telling me I had Jamar Chase. They were telling me he's not going to do well against that, uh, that Rens- Ugh, Raven secondary. Of course, they told me to bench him. I'm so glad I didn't. He got me like 30 some odd points. That was awesome. Uh, I will say Joe Burrow looked good. He looked a lot better than I thought they would. I had the Ravens actually winning this game. I thought they were going to be too hot to lose, even though on our last episode, uh, Campbell and I did do a slight debate on is Lamar elite or not. I was arguing no, and today really just cemented that take for me. He didn't look very good. This Bengals secondary isn't exactly like you know the best in the league. They're not that great. They're okay. They're not that great. But uh, 15 of 31 for 257 and a touchdown. He didn't throw any interceptions, but he did actually do some things that I said he hadn't done this season. He tried some long bombs into coverage. When he when it, when this game was like not totally over, they were thinking maybe we can come back. Lamar did try to make some throws, and he missed every single one of them. It wasn't even close. They were all terrible. And there was one, I remember, it was like 4th and 15. Instead of taking the deep ball into coverage and trusting himself with the ball, he just did a little check down, and obviously it didn't work. So I... I kind of took away that Lamar is not confident in his abilities to actually make these tough throws. And then he proved that to himself by not making any of these tough throws. He was uh, benched as well for Tyler Huntley when the game was just absolutely over. So I do think the Bengals are looking awesome. Uh, I I might even say if you put the Bengals against the Chiefs right now, Bengals would probably win, which a year ago seems like a crazy take, but now it looks pretty. Absolutely. I would 100% take the Bengals over the Chiefs right now because the Bengals actually have a winning record. That's something that the Chiefs can't say through week seven, which also feels like it would be insane to think that the, the Bengals would have a winning record when the Chiefs would not. Uh, I I think my takeaway for the Ravens is a little bit more that their defense needs some work because Burrow and Chase, they've been cutting it up, don't get me wrong, but this is their best performance by far. And I mean, they really just kind of made him look silly. I mean, a rookie wide receiver with 200 yards in one of his first seven games. I believe he he passed a marker where he's the only rookie to have accrued as many uh, receiving yards as he has. Uh, if you drafted him in fantasy, God bless you. I'm jealous of you. He's looked electric. And I think that uh, that that duo... Burrow and Chase, that is an elite duo. Uh, and I think that that is going to be an elite duo for the foreseeable future. Uh, we move to a duo that, uh, not as elite, but still, I would say, is good. Uh, Henry Ruggs third. he did not have a good game in this one, but he has been he has been trending well. Uh, and Derek Carr, uh, the Raiders were able to put away the Eagles. They won 33-22 to at home. Uh, what was your takeaway here? My takeaway was that, Derek Carr was freaking awesome. 31 of 34 for 323, two touchdowns. He did have a pick. But when you have three incompletions throughout an entire game, even if you do have a pick, that's crazy. He was insanely accurate today. And it's not like he was playing some elite defense. The Eagles are so-so at best. Uh, But he did absolutely tear them up. It was really, really fun to watch. 
They are slowly getting the rushing game back. Josh Jacobs still not 100%. He only had six carries for 29 yards. He did have a touchdown. Kenyon Drake was their leading rusher. But I do see Josh Jacobs continuing to get healthier and healthier, and this team continuing to get better because of that. Jalen Hurts looked okay, not terrible, not great. 18 of 34, 236, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, He also had some rushing going on in there. Uh, He was their leading rusher, so they do need to work on that a little bit more. But like I did say, also in the Lamar take, Jalen Hurts is the closest comparison we do have stats-wise to Lamar Jackson, and that actually looks pretty good today. That was pretty spot on with you know what Lamar did as well. I have to kind of zig where you zag. I actually think Hurts had a great performance considering the fact that a he's on the Eagles, uh, and you know b that they they are playing a good defense in the Raiders. I thought the Raiders would give the Eagles a little bit more trouble. I did end up picking the Raiders in this one. Uh, Tony, do you think the Raiders are for real in a weekend where the Chargers didn't play? Obviously, the Chiefs lost and the Broncos lost. The the Raiders now are in possession of the AFC West merely because they played while the Chargers did not. The Raiders, the do you want to say the Raiders are the front runners for the AFC West? Do they seem legit to you, or are they going to fade as they seem to often do? Uh, I think they're going to fade to the Chargers. I still believe in the Chargers 100%. Uh, I do. I think that the Raiders' defense is is decent. They're they're okay according to lineups and all of their rankings, which we use frequently. They are 17th. Uh, for reference, the Philadelphia Eagles are 24th. So there's a little bit there. Like the Atlanta Falcons are two spots behind the Raiders. So that's kind of the the general gist of what defense we're dealing with here. Nothing crazy. They're they're okay. Jalen Hurts did have a pretty decent day. He's developing pretty nicely so far. Uh, But I do think that the Raiders are looking at maybe a good number two spot. Yeah, I agree. I think the Raiders feel like a very solid wild card team. Like that's not a team you want to get when you, you know, even even at home in the playoffs. Uh, Do you think that this is in any way related to Gruden at all? Because I did see uh, Carr with a headline. He was saying, uh, quote, just have fun in the wake of John Gruden's departure. And it's what's allowing him to have two really, really strong outings. I don't know if I want to say Gruden leaving is kind of the reason that this team has made a, a really strong bounce back. They looked really, really strong in their first two games as well when Gruden was here. Uh, so I guess I would give it maybe two more weeks. And if they continue to be super dominant like this, then yeah, absolutely. I would say that Gruden leaving definitely helped the team. But after all, this is the two and five Eagles, and they did only win by 11. So I, w- I don't want to say this was like a crazy, crazy dominant game. Uh, the Eagles did score 15 in the fourth quarter. So they, they kind of did make this into a game because going into that, it was like, what, it was like 30 to seven or something like that. And then they came back and kind of made this into a scary game for Raiders fans. So I do think that they still need a lot of work to do. And this game was a little bit closer than it should have been. I don't know if I'll go all the way there. I think if you're ever down 33 to 7, that feels kind of like you're just putting up points in garbage time and helping the stats. Like, you're not going to... I didn't think that the Eagles were going to make a legitimate rally. I was a little surprised when I looked down at my box score. But you know who else I was surprised by when I looked down at my box score? I was surprised by the Detroit Lions, the 0-7 Lions now. Keeping it really close to the Rams, 19-28. The Rams actually... uh, 
trailed the Lions throughout a good portion of the game. Jared Goff looked like he almost had his revenge game in hand. Unfortunately, he did not have the stat line he was hoping for. He threw a touchdown, but he also threw two interceptions. His quarterback rating was 70. Over on the other side of the field, Matthew Stafford gets a little bit of revenge on the Lions. I know he said he was not thinking of it nearly as a revenge game, but he did get a little bit of revenge with three touchdowns, 334 yards on 28 completions. Uh, Tony, my takeaway here was that the Rams have looked really good, but they... I think they're a little bit less in my estimation. I do think there is something to be said for uh, emotions, but I am a little bit worried that if the Lions were able to keep it this close with the Rams, uh, the, we might want to be concerned about the Rams. Are you feeling concerned? with? I'm feeling concerned with the Rams defense. That's kind of how I would narrow it down. I do think the offenses look good. Stafford has looked pretty clean in just about every single game. He is in the MVP conversation. They haven't been able to get a lot of rushing going. Uh, which is slightly concerning, but when you have Matthew Stafford and you have Cooper Cup with him, uh, I do think that they can definitely get away with continuing to do the formula they've had. The defense is really just my big thing. And granted, Dan Campbell is awesome. I just want to throw that out there. I don't think there's anything I wouldn't do for Dan Campbell. I've never met the guy before. He's so cool. He's doing. He's shaking up the league, taking these crazy uh, chance plays, and they're working, uh, going into – Going into this game, they scored the touchdown, got their own onside kick out of nowhere. That was their first snap in of this season where they actually had a snap that they were leading, uh, which is crazy to think about. But they kept this game a lot closer than I thought they would. When we did our game predictions, I literally said Rams by a million. And I wasn't exaggerating that. I thought they would legitimately win by like a Patriots-Jets kind of score, but they didn't. The Detroit Lions kept it really, really close for a little bit there. Lions actually looked like they might win this. I mean, when we went into the half, it was Lions 16, Los Angeles Rams 17. So it was a really, really close game. The Rams kind of took it in the fourth quarter there. But I do think that we should be a little bit concerned about the Rams defense primarily. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. The Rams defense obviously cost them against the Cardinals. I too would run through a brick wall for Campbell. I know that the internet kind of laughed at him when he said, we're going to bite your kneecaps. And I do think that that was kind of a laugh worthy introduction but since then I have fallen in love with Campbell I'm not a Lions fan but he makes me want to be a Lions fan and that's insane because we are looking at an 0-7 franchise right now I think he's the perfect guy to come in and be a part of a rebuild and rebuild the culture and I think that he actually could be a cornerstone of that Lions foundation just because I think he's so good for the culture now speaking of good for the culture the Texans could really use some of Dan Campbell. They do not have a good culture by any means, uh, but they do have Davis Mills. And Davis Mills has been a little bit of a bright side for him, considering that the fact that the Texans had no hope coming into the season. The Texans, they lost 5-31, to but did actually lead the Cardinals 5-0 to in the second quarter because of a Kyler Murray-caused uh, penalty that led to a safety because he was in the end zone. I believe he had one of those last year against the Seattle Seahawks, which is kind of interesting that it's now happened twice in two seasons. That may be just a little bit of a, a little factoid that I just probably remember a little bit too specifically. Uh, but Tony, what was your takeaway? Why do you, should we be concerned about the Cardinals getting a slow start to the Texans? Or do you think the Texans are good because they've now done this to a handful of Oh, uh, well, first of all, we gotta, we gotta recognize Houston five, Arizona 31 is the uh, 1,068th unique final score in NFL history. Congratulations. It's awesome to think that there's a score that hasn't been achieved yet, but here this game actually did it. I do think that Kyler Murray continued to look really good. 20 of 28, 261, three touchdowns, one interception. Texans, on the other hand, Davis Mills didn't look terrible. I mean, 25 of 32 when you're essentially the third string 
the third string draft on the team with that long neck. He only did throw 135 yards, no touchdowns, but no interceptions either. Really, there was no bright spots to this team. Their leading rusher had 25 yards, David Johnson. Their leading receiver had 28 yards, Nico Collins. Uh, there was really just pretty much no upside to this team whatsoever all day. They did have the safety, uh, but the Cardinals pretty much ran this game. They're con- going to continue to look really, really good. Uh, Zach Ertz did make an uh, appearance in with the Cardinals, which was awesome to see. He actually rushed and he had some receiving as well. He was their leading, tied for leading receiver with AJ Green, and he had a touchdown. So it's awesome to see that he's making an impact early. He could be just one one more additional weapon for Kyler Murray to use and really cement this team uh, into the uh, as as having a deep run into the postseason. A small part of me just feels bad uh, for Davis Mills because he genuinely, like, I think people are going to kind of sleep on his performance. But I want, like, when you play surrounded by people who are just simply not as good as the people on the other side of the ball, and you come up with a performance that, well, not great, considering that you are a second-round talent to, as Tony just alluded to, who's now kind of famous on the internet for having a really long neck and basically being a giraffe internet meme. He had a really good performance, so I think he's a bit of a bright spot. I don't think it's all doom and gloom for the Texans. He is a very faint silver lining in a very dark cloud. Um, Absolutely. And I do just want to throw out that my uh, my old take from a couple weeks ago, they got a lot of flack on Davis Mills over Trevor Lawrence. As of right now, I'm holding two. It's not that crazy. Like I, I think I think I kind of understand what you're saying uh, when you say that it's I think what, at least how I interpret it, is that Davis Mills has outseeded his expectations, whereas Lawrence has underperformed, even though, you know, Lawrence has the better stat line, but he also has more games, but I digress. Uh, the Cardinals, on the other hand, I, I was kind of blown away by the fact that they had 172 rushing yards. I didn't, uh, I wasn't watching this game. I decided to watch the monstrosity that we're going to talk about next in Bears Buccaneers, uh, but I think that it was a it showed a little bit that the Cardinals can win in more than just the way of of passing the ball. Now, granted, it's against the Texans, so any result needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Um, and while we're here, Tony, I do want to talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson. Uh, Panthers Twitter and you know Dolphins Twitter as well have kind of been a buzz about him. Do you think we're going to see any movement in the coming week as we kind of start approaching the trade deadline? Uh, I think we very well could. Honestly, I've, I haven't really kept up on it. We, you and I have both kind of agreed that we should avoid that whole scenario uh, whenever we can. But now that it is starting to actually become a, a trending thing that there are allegedly teams that are looking to trade for him, Dolphins being in there with Tua uh, as part of a trade package, I do think we might see something. I haven't heard anything too crazy definitive. Uh, it's really just been a lot of you know smoke and mirrors so far, but I do think it's possible. I don't know if it'll happen. Though. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I know that the Panthers like are speculating. Uh, Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, has been uh, said to have wanted to acquire Deshaun Watson, which go figure, I think, uh, about 28 owners in the NFL would want to acquire Deshaun Watson. Uh, but we'll have to see if something comes of it. As this is coming, of course, off of the heels of a very poor for performance by Sam Darnold. Speaking of poor performances, we turn to the Chicago Bears. Just as a whole, had a poor performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers won 38-3. The Chicago Bears alone field goal coming in the second quarter. Justin Fields, he had 184 yards, three interceptions, four sacks. 
He had a quarterback rating, a QBR of 1.9, and then a rating of 44. Tom Brady, on the other hand, threw his 600th touchdown pass. I can't wait for him to get to 700. It's going to be fantastic. My question is, what franchise will he do it with next? Uh, He has 211 yards and, of course, four touchdowns. He looked fantastic, and the Buccaneers just kind of rolled this one out, and I was able to turn off this game well after the first quarter. Tony, what did you think of this game? Do you think Tampa Bay, as kind of the Rams, have fallen in your estimation? Have the Buccaneers risen, or how do you feel about them? I think the Bucs have fallen off a little bit, uh, but this is exactly what we saw last year. Remember, don't forget that, you know, when the Bucs won the Super Bowl, everybody was like, wow, the Buccaneers are so dominant. They're going to bring back everybody. They're going to go back and win another Super Bowl. But if you look back during the regular season, this was the same Buccaneers squad that Patrick Mahomes threw like 400 yards on in the first quarter with Tyreek Hill. Uh, at that point, people weren't saying that about the Bucs. People were saying, you know, the Bucs will make it to the playoffs, but they were not going to go anything deep. And then when it got to the postseason, they turned it up. I expect to see that again this year. They're going to be okay in the regular season. They're going to make it in, and then they're going to absolutely turn up in the postseason, probably make a pretty deep run, maybe another Super Bowl. But I do think they are kind of similar to the Rams, where they've been a little bit underwhelming as to kind of how people have thought they would start. Uh, I do want to say a quick shout-out to Mike Evans for catching Tom Brady's 600 touchdown pass and giving it away in the stands. They got that back. Uh, good for Brady. But, you know, Mike Evans was... Uh, kind of uh, very nervous on the sideline. I did see that. He thought he gave away Tom Brady's prized ball. <laughs> so that was that was kind of funny to see. But Justin Fields, he didn't do as bad as people think he did. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, he threw three interceptions. He also went 22 of 32. He didn't throw any touchdowns. He only went for 184 yards. But 22 of 32 is not that bad against this Buccaneers secondary when you play for the Bears. Matt Nagy, who I think is the worst coach in football without really much of a question, doesn't have a whole lot around him. Uh, really, his only real weapon are uh, Cole Komet and Allen Robinson are like his only two big guys. Allen Robinson's always double covered. Cole Komet did what he could, five receptions for 43 yards. But overall, I think this is kind of what we expected. Campbell, when he was on the show, obviously took the Bears pick over the Buccaneers. That aged very poorly. But you and I kind of saw that, you know, the Bucks are going to roll the Bears on this one. And that's. Yeah, absolutely. This does hurt my belief that uh, Justin Fields is the best quarterback in this draft class. But I, I think what you're saying is that, yeah, this measurement has to be taken with a grain of salt. I did read somewhere that Justin Fields was quoted as saying that he was told on one of the interceptions that he had a free play and that the Buccaneers had 12 people on the field. This was actually the second time in two weeks that that had happened. I believe he did the same thing against the Packers. So, yeah, I, I, get rid of Nagy. Like, I, I don't like calling for someone's job, but if this is the kind, maybe it's not Nagy's fault directly. But if someone is telling me repeatedly that there are 12 men on the field, and that I should just let it fly because it's a free play, and both times it's not actually a free play, and I get interceptions and I get dinged for it, uh, that would be horrifying as the potential face of your franchise. I don't know what kind of coaching staff is going on there, and and I have been saying that Nagy probably should have been let go after last season where the Bears just backed into a playoff spot. Uh, I don't feel optimistic about Nagy's future with the bears. I think he will probably be gone by the end of the season as they seem to be trending kind of backwards. Uh, let's go to the last game of, of the night. Tony, it just ended a few minutes ago. The Indianapolis Colts went on the road. They got a big win against the 49ers. Uh, what do you think now, Tony, like of these two teams, these are both, I think two teams that kind of, in my opinion, mirrored each other a little bit. Uh, 
They they both have I I believe solid defenses. They both have a good running attack, uh, and both of them had losing records coming into the game. And I think they're better than, than their record would indicate. Uh, the Colts are now three and four, and the Forty ers fall to two and four. Uh, what was your takeaway here? Honestly, I don't want to take something from this game. Like I honestly just want to throw this game out because that weather that they had to go through was so awful. I mean, both quarterbacks combined, if you combine their yardage thrown, it's barely 300. Uh, Carson Wentz went 17 of 26 for 150 and two touchdowns. Jimmy Garoppolo went 16 of 27 for 181, one touchdown and two interceptions. These aren't great stat lines. They're pretty bad stat lines. But with how much it was raining, I can't really blame the guys for that. I mean, it was rainy. It was windy. It was all over the place. Very unlike San Francisco. They really just had to keep the ball on the ground and pound it. And oddly enough, if you look at each of their leading rushers, Eli Mitchell, uh, Eli Mitchell for the Niners and Jonathan Taylor for the Colts, both of them had exactly the same stat line, 18 carries, 107 yards, 5.9 average for one touchdown. Other than that, everybody else is super inconsistent, a lot of drop balls. But again, I don't really want to blame the guys for this one because it was the poorest conditions I think we've seen this season. So can you take something away from this game? I guess you could take away that the Colts are a little bit better at adapting to insane rain than, than the Niners are. But other than that, I got. Yeah. My takeaway was just that I think all teams should build a dome. Like that was genuinely my takeaway is that this was just so detrimental to the 49ers. I personally was of the mindset that the 49ers were going to be the better team and win this one. But the Colts, like Tony said, were just able to adapt a little bit better. Uh, Tony, of these two teams, I would assume that the Colts, at least in your opinion, now that they're three and four and they don't play in the NFC West because that division is so brutal, have the better shot of making the playoffs in the AFC. Do you agree with that? I would definitely say so. I don't even think they have to be the better team to do that. Like you said, they just play in a way easier division. So obviously I don't think they're going to beat out the Titans for the division top, the top division spot, but I do think they have a way better chance at the wild card than the Niners do. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's play. Let's play a little bit of a game of sorts. I was thinking about how to do this best. Uh, Let's call it high low. What team in your opinion, like, no, let's do it called buy sell. So after today, what team did you buy stock in? What team made the biggest impression on you? You know, it doesn't have to be the team that won the biggest game, won by the biggest margin, even though they were an underdog. Could be a team that clutched out a game at the last second or a team that, you know, may have lost but showed something to you that you thought was important. Uh, I think there's honestly a couple teams that I could buy. I had already kind of bought into the Bengals. I thought they were going to be good going into this game. I just thought the Ravens would be a little bit better. I would you know, if every single if every single team here was a company that I was buying stocks in, I would buy a little bit more of the Bengals. I'd buy Washington. I'd buy Detroit. And I think I would also probably buy... Who, who else would I buy? I don't think I'd buy Raiders or Eagles. I might buy a little bit of the Giants there. The Giants look pretty good. I don't know if that's the Giants looking good or the Panthers looking bad. We'll see. Uh, definitely buy some more of the Titans. This may sound crazy because they lost, but it was kind of the reason I put it in there, right? A team that lost, but lost close. I buy the Dolphins stock, but particularly Tua's stock, because I do think he had a good game. Now, again, it's against the Falcons. Take it with a grain of salt, if you will. But I do think that Tua showed something that showed, 
you know, I know Dolphins fans have been lamenting. We let Ju- we let Justin Herbert slip through our fingers, and it was the draft where Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert were there, and we got Tua. And I think Tua didn't get the win, but he put up a, he's put up two good performances in back to back weeks where his he just didn't get the win and lost on a field goal. So I think that Tua Tua earned a little bit of credibility. I was texting with a friend about the game, and he said I picked the Falcons. The Dolphins just scored on the opening drive. Should I be scared? And I said, no, the Dolphins are a horrible team after their first drive. Once they, they can script out a game plan incredibly well, but once it goes to, you know, it's on Tua or the coaching staff to make decisions that aren't scripted out, they suffer. And I felt really good in that assessment because they didn't actually score again until the third quarter when they were already down 20 to seven. So I think Tua earned a little bit of credibility in my book. Um, I would also I would also buy on the Giants. I think that the Giants just handling the Panthers, allowing a field goal in the first quarter and then shutting them out is just dominant. It helps when you get that safety too. Um, I think I'd buy a little bit of Eagle stock actually, uh, and I would definitely start buying all the line stock available. Uh, now let's look at selling. Uh, if you had to sell stock in a team, I think everybody is selling Kansas City. I think that that uh, those shares might be a bot- rock bottom and maybe actually worth buying just because everyone would be selling them uh, if you play this like a business game. Suppose it's a good exercise for business majors. Um, I think I'd buy I'd buy some Colt stock because I think that they're on the way up. Um, and you know what? Just because I want to get three, hmm, this is tricky. I think yeah, I'd buy Bengals, but you know. I think that everyone is going to buy Bengals. I'm going to buy Packers stock because they quietly had a good performance. Uh, I think if you look at the teams that I want to sell, there's only one real team that stands out to me that I want to sell, and it's the Ravens. Uh, Maybe sell a little bit of the Rams because they underperformed against the Lions. But other than that, I'm just going to really hop on the Ravens selling wagon because the Bengals absolutely exposed them. The Bengals showed exactly how to beat them showed that you can beat them. Everybody coming into this week thought, oh, Ravens are going to go to the Super Bowl. They're the number one team. They have to be. And then the Bengals came through and said, uh, no, absolutely not. We are. We're going to beat them by almost three times what they scored on us. It was insane to watch. Uh, I got to sell Panthers. I think. I don't think that's necessarily because the team itself is that bad. I think they lost J.C. Horn and CMC. You lose those two guys, you should sell stock right then and there. I wasn't going to because, you know, at the time, Sam Darnold looked pretty decent. I thought they could go a little bit farther than they were. Uh, I'm going to sell Panthers. I'm going to sell Ravens. And I'm going to sell. Ooh, who should I sell? I think I'm going to sell. Do you want to buy or sell? I think that's it, honestly. Buy or sell the Jets. Like I'm not going to do anything with the Jets. I'm going to let them be. I feel like with a, with some of these really bad ones, you buy them just because, like, if you're going buy buy sell, it's because you can buy them so dirt cheap. Like, no one wants a share of the Jets. Like a share of the you could buy, you could buy a dime a dozen uh, in terms of Jets shares. I mean, oh, I forgot I got to buy some of the Browns too because they're so injured. They came up big against the Broncos. I'm gonna buy some of the Browns. The uh, Jets, true. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the Jets be. They lost Zach Wilson. Even if you want to take something away from this game. The big picture is that they lost their starting quarterback, and they are the Jets. So I don't think there's anything. There's, I would never have bought stock in the Jets, so I can't say I would sell the Jets, but I'm not going to buy any now either. <laughs> no, totally fair. 
Um, I think you're right in talking about Thursday night football, but I'm going to zig where you zagged. I'm going to sell on the Broncos. When the Broncos were 3-0, and I definitely believe they had the potential to be a playoff team, and they've lost four in a row now, and I, I no longer believe in that potential because they got beat by backups uh, at both the quarterback and the running back position. Uh, all right, last one. Uh, I'm going to call it scooch in and scooch out. It's go- It's a little weird, so let me explain. This is a playoff picture game. Tony... Uh, for scooch in it's the person who did the most to improve their chances of getting into the playoff picture and uh, scooch out is the team that damaged their best chance of getting into the playoff picture I have my two teams in the AFC uh, but let's go to the NFC first who do you think the NFC scooch in scooch out is oh the NFC shoot you really put me into a corner here uh I did. I don't. I don't actually know if there is a a winner of scooch in scooch out beyond maybe the Giants just because they got a win. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. Was like the any team that I say right now, it's not going to be because they actually make it to the playoffs. It's because they actually looked a little bit better than I thought they would. And Giants is kind of what I was going to look at. Uh, but they're not going to make it into the playoffs. Lions aren't going to make it into the playoffs. Bears aren't going to make it into the playoffs. You know, all the NFC teams kind of looked about right this time around it was really the afc where things got tossed up quite a lot i already know what you're gonna say for your oh, AFC. Don't, don't go there yet oh okay. uh, it's gonna be the same say, thing i'm gonna say probably uh my scooch out for the nfc is the bears because at three and three they did like legitimately have a case to make the playoffs or at least have the potential to make the playoffs so i'm saying my bears the bears are the scooch out uh at three and four and i, I don't think they're gonna come back to 500 but we'll see uh do you want to take the afc first and then i'll have to Yes, take the AFC first, and I'm going to see if you are thinking what I'm thinking. And if you are, I'm going to have to scramble and find new people. Okay, well, have fun scrambling because your scooch in is Bengals and your scooch out was Chiefs. Oh, that hurts. It really does. Dead on. Oh, I'm Tony. We're so dumb. I think we missed a very obvious scooch in for the NFC. Uh, the Falcons, they're back to oh, 500. The Falcons. Okay, yeah, but I don't. I almost don't want to get I, I, that because okay, it's okay. the Dolphins. But I know, but they made they made it back to the land of five hundred. Like, yeah, that's, that's true. Nothing... But I'm also going to look at the quality of the win, not just the win itself. No, that's fair. Okay, but you, if you do that with the Panthers, that's not a quality win for the Giants. Oh, oh, oh that hurt. I'm so sad. <laughs> I mean, I'm it's not trying. a quality win, but it's like these, <laughs> okay, Falcons, Dolphins, two terrible teams. Falcons won by two. Giants Panthers, two terrible teams. Giants won by twenty two. That's a little bit more, you know, optimistic. Uh, I see what you're I see what you're saying, but that's two for me it's two and five versus three and three. Uh why don't you explain your scooch and scooch out for the AFC so I can scramble and find one? You definitely got me dead to rights there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Bengals, they they got the Ravens numbers. I didn't think they would. Uh, I thought Lamar was going to come out and look pretty good. I didn't think that the Bengals, you know, had that much upside to them. And uh, I think if we look at, uh, let's see, if we look over at the box score, if my computer would load, Joe Burrow looked actually really good. 23 of 38 is not the best completion percentage. I'll give you that, that part. He, he struggled a little bit, but he got 416 yards, three touchdowns, and he only had one interception against this Baltimore defense. Mm-hmm. That was, it's pretty good. So I think that you take Joe Burrow, and not only is Joe Burrow extremely talented, you give him weapons. You give him Jamar Chase, you give him Uzma. T. Higgins is always a good guy to have there. Tyler Boyd even is pretty reliable, and he's essentially their fourth, uh, his fourth kind of go-to in any routes that they do. Their defense is looking, you know, after today, their defense is looking up tremendously. Lamar Jackson, 15 of 31, sub-50% completion percentage, uh, 257, one touchdown. Like, 
that's that's definitely the right way to look if you're trying to make it into the playoffs. And then, of course, for Scooch out, it's the obvious choice. It's the Chiefs. We all knew that the Chiefs defense yep. was terrible, but this is really bad. Ryan Tannehill, 21 of 27 for 271 touchdown, one interception. Derrick Henry, one of one, five yards, one touchdown. Come on. Like, you got to be able to stop something. And not only that, but then Mahomes couldn't keep up. He couldn't put anything up. You know, 20 of 35, not very good completion percentage. 206 yards. That's really low for him. The last time that he's thrown for only 200 yards, I can't even think of the last time he had a game like that. Zero touchdowns, one interception. That's not something you ever see from Mahomes. So I just, I don't see any any reason to keep the Chiefs in the playoffs. And if they somehow make it into the playoffs, it's going to be by the skin of their teeth and they'll get knocked out first round immediately. Is that enough time for you? Yeah, no, I think I've got it. Uh, I do want to hit one note. Okay. Uh, I I know Campbell. Yeah, thank you for thank you for giving me time. I'm I'm a little worried. We'll we'll see how this looks. Uh, I do want to touch back on something though. So earlier in the week, we did a playoff picture um, on YouTube, and one thing I talked about was my model, the Zelo model. It said that the the Bengals had the a better chance to make the playoffs than the Chiefs did. That feels really good right about now. I know I was made fun of for my take that uh, for the well, I should say the models take that the Vikings are more likely to win the NFC North. And again, I've, I've explained why I think that take is the way that take is uh, by the model. But I feel a little bit better about the AFC. Um, now I do want to go to my AFC scooch in scooch out. I've, I've scrambled and I think I've got it. Uh, are we counting Thursday night football? Of course. Okay, if we're counting Thursday night football, then my scooch out is definitely the Broncos. Uh, I think that the Broncos. Oh, that's what you meant. Okay, then that, in that case, no, we're not counting it. Pick something else. Oh wow! <laughs> oh. I mean, this is oh, crazy. Okay, Tom, come on. <laughs> okay, then that definitely. Oh no, both of the. I'm kidding. I, I got one. Okay, my my scooching is definitely the Colts. They've improved to three and four. They're a game away from 500. If they didn't choke it to the Ravens, they actually could be sitting at a four and three record. And, and heck, they played really tight on the Rams. This Colts team, I think, is improving. I think Carson Wentz is finally getting a feel for the system. And I, I know we said no takeaways from this game other than teams should probably think about some kind of dome uh, whenever and wherever possible. But I think Wentz is improving. I think we, we did see him take strides today. And just because, like I said, the Broncos are are sort of a scooch out from Thursday night football. I think the Colts have slid into where the Broncos kind of would have, would have been uh, my scooch out though. That's a little bit tricky because the chiefs are of course the obvious ones. Uh, the, the, the dolphins are one in six. I don't think that that actually is like a scoot. You're not scooching worthy. If you're, you were one in five at any point in the season, um, <laughs> just because they had the worst AFC performance, that's not the chiefs or an obvious team. I'm going to say the Ravens, but listen to me when I say this. So I guess if you have to do it like a photo shoot, right, you always want to be in the front row front and center. The Ravens were that the Ravens were the team that everyone looked at and said, that is the team that is going to take the the AFC number one uh, seed in the playoffs, which, of course, gets that by. They're going to win the AFC North. They look like the best team. The Browns are too dinged up. The Bengals aren't ready to challenge, and the Steelers' offense is miserable. And then the Bengals came in and rolled them. So I think that the Ravens, their defense got a lot worse in my eyes. And I think the Ravens would scooch out, not because I, they're scooching out of the playoffs, but because they got kicked to the back row. And yeah, 
it feels wrong to say it, but the Bengals are now a front row team and they could, I mean, they lead the AFC North right now, which is just insane. They have uh, a head to head win against the Steelers, I believe, as well as now that head to head win against the Ravens. So the, the Bengals could win the AFC North. I don't think we'd be saying that even three weeks ago or two weeks ago, let alone, you know, in, in the off season. So I think that's why they get to be the Ravens are my scooch out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a pretty good recovery. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, if it was, if we were counting Thursday Night Football, I was surprised when you gave it to me the, for a second. Uh, I would have said that the Broncos were the obvious scooch out and the Browns were the scooch in, but I didn't get that option. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, last thing before we go. I believe you said that you wanted the Seahawks in Monday Night Football? Uh, I don't think so. Hang on a minute. You've oh, tried to, you. you've tried to thought... fool me before. I was going to say, <laughs> I can't trust you anymore. i got to go back and look at my notes. Uh, uh, no, you definitely wanted the Saints. I believe we both wanted the Saints. Uh, but you said, if I recall, okay. this is the this is the pattern that I deduced with the Saints. In odd weeks, they look great. Um, and in even weeks, they look poor. This is an odd week. So I believe that you had the Saints winning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Any, you feel like you want to change that pick at all? No, I'm not going to change it. I'm going to stick to my cut. Because the last time you got me to you got me to pick a different team than I originally had, it was the Cardinals Browns, and I would have had it. You I would have tied with Bowen for number one right now. I'm still mad about that. You totally would have. You know who instead is is tied with Bowen? The model. Yeah, it's not me. It's the model. The model has now a game on you, uh, and it's. Oh, I gotta make that back. <laughs> uh, the model has Seattle as an eighty percent chance of victory, uh, and an an eight point five favorite against Seattle. Uh, excuse me, did I, I like say the that, Seattle? I'm sticking with it. Yeah, did you I, said Seattle. I, excuse me, I meant the Saints. Uh, the Saints have an eighty oh, percent chance better. of victory. Uh, of course, that is before. Uh, we get to those game, uh, the game time inactives because those do swing a lot of picks uh, differently than you know. Like earlier on in the week, the Titans were a heavy favorite. Game inactives came in. The Titans had more game inactives than the Chiefs did. Uh, it swung to be a toss up for the Chiefs, uh, but obviously <laughs> the Titans won. Uh, but that's our show. I hope everybody enjoyed these weeks, the Week Seven Instant Reaction Show. I'm hoping that we're going to do a lot more of these because I think they're really fun. They're really loose. Normally we come in with a lot of preparation done and this one, it's just kind of fun observations that maybe aren't going to look really good when we look, go in and look at the numbers. And we'll talk about that more tomorrow night, probably uh, when we talk about Saints Seahawks. But uh, until then, I'm Thomas Willer. I'm Tony Nometti. Good, uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Wherever you're, whenever and wherever you're listening to this from, uh, I hope you ha- you're having a good time. Goodbye, everybody. Later, guys.